Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today we are lucky enough to have Patricia here with a really interesting article. Um, so before we get going, Patricia, why don't you tell everyone just very high level what's the topic you're going to be talking about today? Yeah, so the topic is organizational attachment and health. So it's about how attached you feel to your company that you work for. Are you... Um, you know, saying we instead of I, those types of things. How and how does that impact your overall well-being? Um, sneak peek: it's positive. So feeling those like positive attachments for your organization are actually really good for you. Um, we'll dive into that in a minute. That's awesome. Yay. Okay. Cool. Um, that's a topic that I think is really interesting because a lot of times it seems like people think being attached to somebody or being attached to your workplace sounds like corny or it's bad. Like you need to be your own person. You need to be independent. So it's good to hear that there's something, you know, positive related to that. I think that's awesome. Um, so before we dive into that, um, maybe we can talk a little bit about how things are going. So you just Mm -hmm. had a nice day with your mom, I believe. I did. Um, Yeah. I had a very nice day with my mom. We went um, to my first bridal fitting, um, which was really, I mean, a little nerve wracking, as you know, like just, is it going to fit right? What do we need to change? Um, Luckily, there's not actually a lot to be done. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, And then we, I mean, we just spent the whole day together. So we kind of wandered around town a little bit beforehand, got some matcha, of course, um yeah we can't we can't live without matcha bought some more (laughs) white outfits for the hawaii you know the vacation part of the trip um so we did a lot of shopping then we had some lunch we had some ramen um it's kind of a cool day out right now i don't know it was a fun it was a nice little day um and my mom decided to hang out until the very last second before uh recording so she literally just left and Funnily enough, that meant she left at like 530, which is the absolute worst traffic time ever. (laughs) But she was so excited to hang out with her baby that she decided to wait until the very last second to leave, which means now she's probably just stuck not moving for a couple hours. She did it for you. (laughs) Yes, it was a very fun day, though. So I'm I'm glad that we did it. But now I have so many more fittings. I it's funny because there's not a lot to be done to the dress. So I thought like, oh, we will have one more. But she has me do two more and then pick up. I know. So I'm like, okay, two more, I guess. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps getting more and more close to what it's going to be like each time. So yeah. By yeah. the last time, you're like, that's it. It's done. I, know. I just, it's so crazy to me that like, it's so soon. Ah, I know. Ah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like that. There's like nothing to do for a while. And then all of a sudden, like there's a bunch to do. I've and never had the nothing to do time because my wedding venue canceled. Okay. So I've had that's true. something to do all that's the time. True. That's <laughs> true. But like, I feel like there's some weeks where you like feel like there should be more that you have to do, mm-hmm. but there's like not more to do you know what I mean like where yeah. you're like I need more no more things to do and then all of a sudden you'll have like a week where there's like five things that needs to get done in the same week and you're just like whoa um but yeah. it'll all come together like a beautiful beautiful <laughs> rainbow I don't know <laughs> 
I don't know where I was going with that analogy. That's exactly what it's going to be like. Like a beautiful rainbow. All the colors come together on the (laughs) rainbow. Just like all the pieces will come together shiny in the sky for your wedding. (laughs) Perfect. And you had a fun weekend though. You had family time too, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. My whole uh, Sawyer side of the family or a lot of the Sawyer side of family came um, to visit Alexandria. So it was like a bunch of my cousins and aunts and uncles. It was super fun. And it was really nice because I actually just like really disconnected from things. I like wasn't thinking about anything other than just like spending time with the people that were here. I was also like coordinating the weekend. So like when you're like, you know, kind of directing where people are going and blah, 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 you're like focused on making sure that you like get all your reservations on time and blah, blah, blah. But, um, but mostly it was just because I was really like happy to be with everybody and spend time with them. And most people hadn't seen Alexandria before. So it was really cool. And actually some of the people that were there listened to the podcast regularly. So hello to all of the people that were there that, um, (laughs) that are listening. And then for the people that weren't able to be there, we missed you. Um, but there's always, there's always tomorrow for dreams to come true. So if anyone <laughs> wants to if anyone wants to come back and visit, they can. But yeah, it was really nice. It was a really fun time. And I just think like spending time with family and really focusing on, you know, connecting and having a, you know, having a nice night out um, is really a lot of fun. So we had a good time. It was a it was a tiring good. weekend because we were just like, go, go, go. But it was worth it. It was really a lot. of mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Yay. Good. I'm so glad. That's awesome. Yes, it was good. And then I'm going to see you this weekend, which will be Mm -hmm. so exciting. Um, Yeah. We're going to have some fun bonding time at my bachelorette weekend, which I can't believe it's already here. Yeah, I know. Me too. It's like really, it got here so fast. I'm really excited um, to go visit Temecula because I, I hear it's awesome. I mean, I've actually never been either. So this is going to be my first time doing the Temecula wine country too, which I'm really excited about because yeah. I just, yeah, I haven't, I mean, I'm sure it's beautiful. I've been to other areas in California that are wine country. So it's probably a little bit different because it's further south than most of the places I've been. Um, yeah. But I'm sure it's still fabulous. And I think if the weather holds up the way it's supposed to, it's supposed to actually be really nice. We've had like yeah, a crazy long, awesome. yeah, we've had a crazy long winter for us. I know that everybody else around the country is having it way worse than us, but we've had a lot of rain and it's been very chilly in terms of what we're used to. So having it in the seventies, supposedly this weekend is going to be amazing because yeah. we haven't had that in so long. And by now, usually this time of year, that would be like almost every day. So it's just, I've been dying. I've been needing it. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up. I saw that today. I was like, what's the weather going to be like in Temecula? Actually, your sister told us what it was going to be like, but I just wanted to see if anything changed. And then, because um, I was also trying to think about what to pack and blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah. and I was like, ooh, this looks lovely. And mm-hmm. then I was looking up, like, Googling stuff about it, and it looks awesome. So mm-hmm. it'll be so fun. Any wine country I enjoy. So, um, mm-hmm. and this one looks particularly nice. So I'm really pumped about it. We'll have a good time. And of course we'll report back out to everybody about all of the <laughs> adventures that we had. I'm sure there'll be many yeah. adventures and we'll share on our stories and stuff like that. Our oh, adventures sure. as well. For sure. Yeah. We're recording. I mean, the following, well, actually maybe we'll be recording the following Monday if you're still in, in travel to your house, but yeah. pretty quickly after we'll be recording. So yeah, we'll have yes. lots of stories 
some we can share and some we can't (laughs) (laughs) we'll share them all (laughs) eventually i will make sure they become unearthed (laughs) um no uh no yeah it'll be an awesome time it'll be really fun so look out for that picture stories lava wonderful it'll be fabulous yes um Okay, so let's dive into your article. I'm excited to learn about organizational attachment. Yeah. Um, so do you want to tell us like what the article title is and who wrote it and all those fun facts? Sure. Yeah, so it is a pretty recent article. It's called Organizational Attachment and Health. It was published in 2018 in the Journal of Vocational Behavior, and it was written by Eng and Allen. Um, so really, really new which is exciting. I love that. And um, kind of a new approach to organizational attachment compared to kind of where things have been in the past. Um, So it's a meta-analysis and it's looking at, it looks at a number of different studies. Um, Actually a very large number is 401 studies were included in this analysis. Wow. Yeah. Massive. But the reason that's the case is because they took and defined organizational attachment really broadly. Um, So that included studies around things like organizational commitment, organizational trust, person and organizational fit. So the idea is that there's this bigger picture of what all these different smaller variables kind of build up into what's called organizational attachment. And I think that the theory makes a lot of sense. It's really interesting in my perspective. Um, I mean, kind of nerdy, I'm sure, but <laughs> I think it is a very interesting approach. And the the whole theory behind organizational attachment really started in more um, like developmental psychology mm-hmm. around child and parent attachment. And then that's eventually evolved into looking at like partner attachments. So like, um, you know, husband, wife type of thing um, or re- other types of relationships that are very bonded. Um And then I kind of merged and continued to kind of move into the space of organizations. So, you know, a lot of the types of research on attachments started off person to person. And now there's some, there's this research around person to organization. And there's a lot of reason to think that you would have similar types of attachment to organizations as you would to a person, because the way we talk about organizations, we personify them in a lot of ways, but also, um, you know, you're working as part of this organization, like people do get attached to organizations. That's totally normal. As a consumer, you'll get brand loyal. You think about brands certain ways. Um, And as an employee, oftentimes, especially if you're an organization for a period of time, like a long period of time, you're going to be attached and see that as like a home of some sort or something like that. So there's a lot around um, how you can attach to a less tangible thing than like a human. Um, So I thought that was really interesting and, I mean, really important. A lot of old research on um, attachments with people is if you have a good positive attachment, those are all related to wellness and good positive health outcomes. So it makes sense that if you attach to an organization positively, then you would also have positive outcomes. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times when we think about organizations where, you know, even the word organization is kind of masking sometimes what it actually is because organizations are are at their core groups of people right so it's Mm -hmm. like 
um, it, it makes sense that a lot of those developmental theories that have to do with your relationships and attachments more broadly in life would have some relevance to coworkers and colleagues. I think it's super interesting because people often discount, I think, the importance of um, the value that your work has to you and your organization has to you as a person um mm -hmm. who you are as a person how you feel on a daily basis um a lot of times people think like well work is just work and you know i have all these other things that can make me happy that aren't work but really the extent to which you feel integrated into your workplace and you feel you belong there and you're a part of things has a big impact on how you feel on a daily basis Definitely. I mean, it really, it really does. You, if you have that positive attachment, right? If you feel like you're a place that you really like, like think about the things that would make you attached to an organization. You like the organization. You're happy there. You have people you like working with. Um, those have a huge impact on your life. If you aren't attached to your organization, you're probably not having a positive experience and that has a very negative impact on your life and your work all lot. So it makes a lot of sense that it would impact you and even though it's kind of cheesy to think about like being attached to your company, um, it, it is really important. And I agree that I think people discount it a lot. Um, both, I think leadership and employees kind of both from both sides. I, you could, you see it being discounted quite a bit. Yeah. And so I guess what you're saying is like, there were a lot of different ways that people might've thought about the way that you identify with your organization in the past and this paper mm -hmm. sort of synthesized them all together to say they all share enough similarity in the sense that they have something to do with the way that you see yourself as being a part of your workplace that we should combine them all together. Exactly. Yes. So I, I mean, really what it comes down to is they were testing to see, do all these different things that kind of get at organizational attachment. Um, do they function the same way? So mm -hmm. in other words, if I am feel like I fit to the organization. So let's go to personal organizational fit as an example I gave. So my if my values align with the values of the company, is the impact that that has the same as if I trust the company is going to do the right thing? I mean, those are really, really similar. So yeah. if you're looking at those two variables, for example, and you find that, okay, well, organizational trust, um, that influences your health your mental so the, this study looked at mental health physical health job burnout and job strain so if, if organizational trust impacts all of those why would you think that person organization fit doesn't and it does yeah. they both do so like these all these variables they talk about that kind of roll up into organizational attachment um, or are types of organizational attachment they all have similar relationships to these different health outcomes so it makes sense that they're kind of they could be nicely bucketed together as organizational attachment as a whole. Yeah. So first I kind of want to talk a little bit about like what was found and then maybe yeah. talk about the types of attachment. Yeah, that's perfect. So the, the main takeaway here is that organizational attachment is positively related to both mental and physical health. So if you are attached to your organization, you just generally report higher mental and physical health. So this is more like a self-reported, um, types of studies where most of the types of study they were looking at was like I you know feel I I feel positively so you don't have any de kind of depression types of things showing up in terms of a survey question and physical health as well like how you rate your own physical health and also is it related to job burnout and job strain but negatively so so in other mm -hmm. words if you're attached to your organization you're likely to 
have less burnout. So you're not going to be as exhausted. You're not going to be um, kind of have that diminishing ability to work properly, right? Your capacity is going to be fine. So burnout, we've talked about before, is kind of that emotional exhaustion, that response to a chronic level of stress where you're just, you know, you're just not functioning properly. Um, yeah. And if, and if you have that organizational attachment, then your burnout is lower. And the same goes with strain. So strain is more, um, I mean, they're very much related. Burnout and strain are very, very, very much related. But strain is more around the um, emotional side. So feeling anxiety, feeling frustration, those types of things mm-hmm. um, is how they define job strain in this study. And so those types of feelings and emotions those negative emotions are also decreased if you are attached to your organization Mm -hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense I mean and it sounds like there's just so many positive things related to um, your attachment I mean it sounds like there's just so many of the outcomes that we talked about including burnout but other outcomes that you mentioned as well different forms of wellness it seems like this is really an important uh, piece of the wellness puzzle I think it really is. And bonus for employers out there, there's some research that shows that psychologically attached employees are actually more productive. So they're, Hmm. and they're more satisfied on the job. So they're happier on their job. They're more productive on the job. And then in addition, there's all these wellness benefits. So as an employer, you would want your employees to be attached. I mean, hopefully you care about their wellness, but even if you didn't, they're going to be more productive. So you should want them to really be bought into the company as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of a win-win because the employer gets uh, greater levels of commitment, but also the employee reaps these benefits. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That sounds great. Yeah. So all good things all around, but now let's kind of talk about what attachment looks like. So what are the nine different types that they define in a study? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to kind of go through them. I'll just go one at a time and we can just chat about them a little bit. Um, so the first one they talk about is organizational commitment. So it's your sense of belonging to an organization and the positive emotions towards that organization. So it's the, I want to stay here mentality. I'm, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like good about this company and I really feel like I belong here and I want to stay here. I'm committed to being here. Yeah. Uh, If someone asks you the extent to which you're thinking about leaving, you feel like you have some, uh, you, you feel that you want to be on board. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So, and that makes sense, right? If you're committed, yeah. you're attached. Those two things seem very much related. Um, so that's one of the types. The second type is trust, organizational trust, which I already mentioned a couple times as an example. And it's where employees believe that the company is really going to be behaving positively in the future. So they trust that the company is going to follow through with what they say they're going to do and their obligations that they generally are um, going to keep their word and, you know, have the people's best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so a feeling that uh, they're, they're going to do what they say they're going to do and they're actually caring for their employees in a way that might not be the same at every employer. Exactly. Yep. Cool. And then organizational identification is the next one. So this is really where, someone feels like the company is part of their identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like a really deep one when you think about it. It's like I, you know, with worker being, obviously we founded worker being. So we, I personally, I'm sure you do too, Katina. Like I feel like worker being is a big part of my identity. Like that is something yeah. about me. That is something that would define me. 
Um, And, you know, you can feel that way about really any organization, right? You could be um, wherever you, you are, you can feel like being there and being a part of that company is a part of who you are. And so that is like a very, very deep level attachment where you feel like it's part of your identity, but it it happens a lot, especially if you're an organization for a long period of time. You know, if you've spent most of your career at one organization, that does eventually start to feel like a part of who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, That you actually see the organization yourself as being overlapping. I know there's this like measure in um, uh, like a way of asking that question within the research where it's like these two circles and the one circle is the self and the other circle is the organization and they ask you how overlapping you see those circles as being and you like Mm -hmm. pick which picture you see yourself as. So like fully identified would be the two circles are completely overlapping. Um, I always think that's like an interesting measure. Mm -hmm. That is a really interesting measure. But yeah, that's a good way to visualize it. So if you are a person that identifies with their organization, then that would be there would be more overlap than yeah. than maybe somebody that yep. doesn't. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So I think that that's a really important one. I mean, these are the people. I think that one kind of like softer measure of it and maybe it's not necessarily relevant all the time to be quite as deep as thing as part of your identity, but you know, you start calling your company and as we, right? If yeah. if Infor um makes a really great sale or something like that, like I say, you know, we got this cool right. new client or right, we right. did this. And that I think is a little bit part of you know, shows a little bit of that too, because you are identifying as that is part of, you know, you were part of that group versus it's a separate right. thing from you. Right. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. The other, so number four is pers- person organization fit. So that one we talked about a little bit about how your values align with the values of the organization. So are you aligned with the company? You know, maybe you really believe in, I don't know, uh, let's say you're working for Tom's, right? And you really believe in the mission of, yeah. you really think that helping people um, to have shoes and water and the things that they need is important to you. And that's like something that you really, really value. And you want to make sure that you're doing something about that all the time. Then working at a place like Tom's makes sense because your values are going to align with their yeah. mission and what they want to do. I mean, it doesn't have to be as um, altruistic as Tom's, right? But like maybe yeah. your organization... Um, really values uh caring for customers and respecting people or something like that yeah if your values align with those types of values then you would be aligned with the organization yeah I was just talking to a student the other day who was saying that she really likes to be part of her organization because they focus a lot on mentorship and development and she's really passionate about ensuring that um young people like entry-level folks or people who are first-time managers get the support that they need in organizations because when she was early on in her career she felt like she didn't have access to that kind of support and that it like stunted her growth in a lot of ways she could have excelled faster if she had those kind of resources so she was really passionate about working there because that was something that they focused on and so it's not even necessarily something about the mission of the company per se or what they do, but it was clear to her that that was something that was important to them and they have pro- mentoring programs and different things how they like walk that talk. And she felt like that was one of the reasons why she really liked to work there. Yeah. I think that's a really good example. It's definitely um, something that she values aligned with something that the organization values. So that would be a really good fit there. Yeah. And again, if we go back to the broader concept of attachment, 
if you're fitting well, if your values align, I mean, you're more likely to be attached, right? I'm assuming your student in this example, she probably really felt more attached to the company because she felt like they were doing the right thing by the employees that she thought was important and valued. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what she was talking about, too, is that like she's had other opportunities to go other places, but she hasn't seen that kind of focus in other places. So she wants to stay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that seems like her fit. And this is, I think, where it starts to muddy the waters a little bit, which is why this organizational attachment concept is so important, because she's got a good fit with her values. Now she's more committed to the company. Like all these things have overlap. You're yeah, probably not going to just fit to a company and that's it. Like that's not where it ends. You most likely are going right. to have some of these other types of attachment. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. So number five is organizational embeddedness. So this one is also really interesting. It's actually, I would say it's like maybe a more surface level attachment because it's when an employee's enmeshed in their organization. So it's not just about mm -hmm. like necessarily that they buy into the values or you're super committed to the mission or anything like that. It's more like, you know, I have a lot of friends here and I like to go to all the events that we have. Um, and if I was to leave, then I don't get to hang out with these people every day. So it's like a yeah. little bit less about the company as a whole. It's more about like your day to day. And yeah, how you feel sense. kind of embedded into that culture a little bit, right? Yeah, that makes total sense that um, it's not just about, you know, more structural stuff. It can also be about the relationships that I have and the extent to which I feel connected to other individuals in the workplace. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, there's, I mean, there's just so many different areas around attachment. And I think that's a really important one because that happens too, like, you know, the first job I left, I loved the company and I left because I moved back to California and I was still working with them when I was in California, but I was, um, as a, like as a subcontractor really not yeah. like directly as an employee and that had its own challenges and I ended up moving to a different organization, which I regretted because this place was so great. Like the people were so great. And so I had the hardest time leaving because of that. Like yeah. I liked the work just fine. And the company, you know, the mission was, you know, aligned with everything that I wanted to do. But the biggest thing for me was just how much I loved the people and I just adored the people there. And so it's hard to like think, oh, well, if I if I leave this company, I'm not going to talk to these people all the time. You know, I'm not going to spend as much time with these people that I really love. I mean, honestly, the move to California helped me unembed me to get me yeah. to move somewhere to a different job. Because when I was living in DC or in Alexandria, like you, I couldn't imagine if I was staying in that area to ever leave because I just was so positive and the people were just so great. And I just loved everything I did there and all the, and again, the happy hours and all that kind of stuff yeah. that you're involved in that, um, that is so can be so amazing and can definitely get you kind of entrenched into a company, um, beyond the other organizational factors. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think, you know, a lot of the time when people are, you know, thinking about, whether or not they should stay or go within an organization or what they like about their job. They think a lot about coworkers that they form relationships with. And they think a lot about people that are, you know, still present in the workplace that, like you said, you wouldn't be able to see as much. And those relationships are really meaningful. I mean, you can make some really, really great friends at work. So I think that that makes total sense that, you know, 
the the black box of going someplace else is not really what the job is going to be like, although that can switch up on you too. But -hmm. it's really like everybody's so nice during the interview process. The black box is usually are these people going to continue to be so nice once we're not in the recruitment process anymore, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's the part that I think people stress about when they're uh, transferring jobs a lot is, you know, am I going to be able to build these same relationships? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it is really stressful. Um, you know, where I am today in for, like, I absolutely love everybody I work with. Like, I can't imagine not working with these people. And I think that that is such an important piece of being tied into a culture and an organization is if you love the people you work with, I mean, the work obviously matters to some degree, but if you're just having such a positive experience with the coworkers and the teams that you're dealing with, it makes it that much harder to ever want to move anywhere else because, you have a great experience. Why would you want to change that and get into maybe in a situation where it's not so great? And to be honest, I was super, super burned when I left my first job to the second one because that one was just, was not a positive culture. There was a lot of drama, a lot of politics and I was miserable. I, I was legitimately miserable. Yeah. And I'm very lucky because now I'm in a place where I love everybody and I'm back to that kind of space. But, um, it's, it's a scary idea. Like if I was to ever change a job, then what I, what would happen? Cause yeah, last time it was a big burn. So I think that, yeah. I think that, that people definitely think about that when they're deciding how committed they are to their organization, how attached they are to their organization. Um, I guess you're not really deciding, but that feeling of attachment is yeah. very, very much tied with the people that you're around. Totally. 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 I completely agree. Fabulous. Um, Okay, so we've got a couple more. So number six is organizational-based self-esteem, which is another interesting one. So that's really the extent to which you believe that you're significant, you're capable, and you're worthy of being a member of the organization. So it's like this really interesting idea where basically, you know, I know I'm good at my job and I know I'm doing a great job to impact, you know, our clients' happiness or whatever. Um, And that makes me feel committed because I know that I can do I can make an impact here. I know that I can do a good job and actually contribute. And so I feel like I want to stay a member because of that. Yeah, we actually, um, OBSE as org, org based self-esteem, um, (laughs) is actually the, um, one of the main variables in a paper that I, uh, just got, uh, the chance to revise. Um, and basically what we found is that when someone in your organization, advocate takes a risk to advocate for you so let's say like you know people in the organization don't see you the way that you deserve to be seen if someone advocates for you and takes a personal risk by advocating for you it in it directly increases your org-based self-esteem because you feel like you have value you feel like someone in the organization sees that you have value and that like increases your um your well-being and it decreases your willingness to turn over. Um, so we just, I've just been in the past few days writing a lot on OBSE. So it's a, it's a good one. It's a good one to put mm-hmm. in there. It is. It is. It's really, I mean, it's important. Like you, everyone wants to feel valued in their personal life, right? Self-esteem has a big impact on your personal life. Why wouldn't it with an organization? Yeah. Um, and obviously if you have a, if you feel really good in that organization because of your value and what you can contribute, then you're going to be attached to that organization to some degree. Right. Um, like it's kind of goes to, I think about in your leisure time, if you're really good 
at dancing. And so even if you didn't make a career of it, like it's probably something that you continue to do and are passionate about. Like there's a component of being good at something that helps drive you to continue to do it. Totally. So in this case drives you to want to stay at that company. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So number seven is psychological ownership. So this is an interesting one. It's about the, it's about like how much an employee feels that, possessive of a company like that it's theirs to some extent Mm. and obviously if you're the owner you're going to feel like it's your company but um as an employee you can feel like it's your company too and feel like really possessive of it that you know what it does it it, this one aligns a little bit with the uh organizational identification right because it's like yeah with identification you're seeing it as part of yourself as with the um, ownership you're seeing it as you're kind of controlling it to some extent which you know employees obviously do they drive business they drive results so you do have some ownership as to where the business goes but it's kind of that additional step of like feeling like it's yours like you own it to some extent yeah I think that makes perfect sense and I think that um some companies do a better job of this than others just creating the circumstances for people to feel like they have some ownership over things. Like if you're constantly mm-hmm. being micromanaged um, or you can't see your broader purpose, like we've talked about purpose before, if you can't see your broader purpose within the organization, you might not feel that way, right? But if you're mm-hmm. able to see the big picture, see how you're a part of things and you're allowed to have, you know, you feel like you're the one that's putting the work in to, to make the impact you want to make, then you're more likely to feel like you have some ownership over the process. Definitely. Yeah, it makes a big impact if the organization kind of lets you be an owner to some degree. Yeah, definitely. So number eight is perceived insider status. So this kind of goes with um, some of the member pieces that we talked about. So this is where employees see themselves as an insider within the organization, right? Like they are a part of this bigger picture, like so when you think about insider, you can think about like insiders and outsiders, right? So like if you're part of, let's say you work for Disney, if you're within Disney, like you are a part of Disney, like you're a member, mm-hmm. you're an insider and people that are not working for Disney's are the outsiders. So like you kind of feel like this community, sense of community and how you're a part of this bigger group. Um, so yeah. feeling like you're an insider that you've made like whatever for whatever reason you're now maybe at first you don't feel that way right when you first start a job you probably don't feel like you are really embedded in the organization that you're a a member that is a part of a bigger group because you're still learning things you're figuring things out you're getting to know people after some time you might start feeling like I am an insider like I know the ins and outs of this organization I am a part of this group that people know me and um you know I am I'm just a part of this bigger whole so it's kind of that feeling of like membership to something that makes perfect sense and I think that that does make a huge difference again like this idea of feeling included instead of feeling excluded is just like universally important to people Mm -hmm. I think definitely yeah I mean everything that you've researched in diversity and inclusion right that's so important because yeah if you feel excluded that has a huge impact on the way you perform on the way you feel obviously on your wellness so like this is basically the opposite of inc- exclusion. 
you're yeah this is more like an inclusion type thing like you feel like you're a part of it all yeah which is so important even tiny ways that people feel excluded who's looking at me in a meeting who has their back turned to me at a networking event like all of those things actually have an impact on whether or not people feel a part of the group and it, and it does make a difference in your wellness so that's um that's a good call out mm-hmm. agreed and the last one number nine we're finally here is relational psychological contracts so a psychological contract is basically where you feel like you have some sort of like okay so the organization is giving you a paycheck and you know that you are gonna have to do some something for them complete some tasks so you have like this this contract with the organization about what you're gonna do when they talk about relational psychological contract they're really talking about an employee feeling loyalty so I'm Mm -hmm. gonna be providing this loyalty in turn the organization's going to give me some support and growth long term so it's kind Mm -hmm. of like this additional step beyond just the typical contract that you might feel like you have with an organization it's like that addition like if I provide loyalty then the organization's going to provide me support so I feel like that that contract to do that yeah and you have like a predictable relationship with the organization if I do what I'm supposed to do you do something that you're supposed Mm -hmm. to do for me exactly Um, Cool. That's awesome. Um, so if we could go back then just as like a recap, because I think um, there are a lot of different concepts. <laughs> Is there a way that you could like just turn those nine just quickly into like if someone's listening, what are the nine questions that you should ask yourself to see how high or low you are on things? So like, is there a way that you could turn each of those nine into kind of like a question that people listening could say like, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm higher on that or I feel like I'm lower on that just so they can get a sense of what their overall amount of attachment might be. I mean, just put me on the spot, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I want to do it for myself. I'm forcing yeah. you to make, no, to do I it. think it's a really, I think it's a good point. And you know, for everybody listening, I did write an article about this on our website, which we'll link to. And I, it does outline these nine types. And I think that's helpful if you, if you're more visual and want to like look at that. Yeah. That's a good place to go, but I will go ahead. I will go ahead and ask the questions. Um, so let's see organizational commitments. The first one. So for this one, how positive do you feel towards organization and how much do you want to stay there? Do you feel like you want to stay? Perfect. The next one is, let's see. Do you trust that your organization is going to behave positively and follow through on what they say they're going to do? Do you see your organization as a part of who you are? These are good, by the way. You're doing really good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. I'm trying. (laughs) Um, The next one is, do your values or what you care about, do they match up with what the organization cares about? Um, this next one's a little harder. So how, because like how enmeshed are you to the company? So maybe it's more like how tied do you feel to the people and the events and activities and things surrounding the, the social component of the company? That's perfect. All right. Now we're on to number six. Do you believe that you're a capable and valuable member of the organization? Does the organization make you feel that you're valuable? Then do you feel like an owner of the company? Um, Do you feel like you have some ownership there? Then are you, I mean, really, do you just, 
Are you part of the in-group? Are you a member of the company? Or do you feel like a member? And then the last one is, do you believe that if you give the company loyalty, that you are going to continue to get support and growth from them? Yay. <laughs> that was so, so good. Yay. Nine questions. But I think that's, I think that's a great exercise actually. Cause if you listen to those questions, if you just like jot down how you feel about those, that's really where the next step lies. So now you know how committed and attached you feel where are those disconnects and are those disconnects something that can be overcome? So like, let's say you don't trust your company. That's really hard to get past. Um, If you don't trust your company, then maybe if you want to feel more attachment and if you want to improve your wellness in that perspective, then it's time to figure out how you can build that trust or how they can, you know, what you can do to help them build that trust back with you or move on. But then there's others that you could easily start working on, right? Organizational based self-esteem. I feel like that's one that you can work on. You, yeah, definitely. Um, if you need a, f- if you don't feel valuable, ask your manager for some more feedback and re- you know recognition. Like you can do things to try to understand how you fit better to the organization. Like what is your impact? Um, if yeah. you have customers or clients, you can ask for feedback from them. And if you start to get some positive feedback coming in, and then hopefully that will boost that self-esteem. And then you can start feeling a little more attached to the organization. So trying to, to improve that. So I think for each of these, there's definitely some things you could do or try to do if you want to improve your attachment. And then there's some that are a lot harder for you as an employee to do. And maybe if you see that you're low on all of these if you're able to make a move, it might make sense to think about, well, what kind of company do I want to work for and how can I get there? Yeah, absolutely. And if you are a person who manages people, answer those questions with regard to how you think people might feel on your team and think about if there are ways that you can better communicate how you do feel or communicate why they should trust the company or all these other sorts of things that might have an impact. Um, I think that that could be really important for demonstrating um, just as an exercise to go through for yourself, but then also how do you think other people on your team feel? A hundred percent. I think for managers, that's huge. And if you go higher up the chain to the leadership and the, um, the senior executives of an organization, kind of the same thing. Like, I mean, you do employee engagement surveys. Maybe you can fit in some of these questions. I mean, usually commitment is one of the questions that's in there. Um, right. So look at those results and think, how can I improve that? Like maybe people don't trust the senior leadership. Well, why is that? Are we just not communicating enough? Are we being a little shady? What can we do to change that? Do people right. not know what our values are? Like maybe you're just not clear about what your values are. And then so people can't yeah. feel like they align to those values. So I think from a company perspective too, and, and obviously manager side, there's a lot that you can do. To, it's really around communication and building yeah. a good transparency. Exactly. Exactly. Building that trust up um, is huge. And so then if the employees are really feeling like valued and they're feeling they can trust you, then they're going to be more attached. And then you get the positive benefit of not only having healthier employees, but more productive employees. Yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of times people are like, well, employees are saying this, but that's not true. Like, why do people think that? And sometimes it's like, well, have you communicated to them that, you know, this is not (laughs) this is not an accurate perception and have you communicated to them what is true and it's like no okay well then like you know it's no surprise if there's something going on that might be misinterpreted if there's no provided alternative 
interpretation then people are just going to talk and have their own interpretation of things so like transparency and communication i think is so huge in gaining trust for people uh allowing people to see how they fit showing what your values are like all those things i think are super important so Mm -hmm. that's like right on yeah i totally totally agree with that and i think it's just something that i think from both the employee perspective and the leadership perspective like you don't think about attachment right like i don't know it's not necessarily cool to be attached yeah. to your company right, right. sometimes right, it is right. depends on where you are in silicon valley people get like super attached to their like tech companies for like the five right. minutes they're there before they move somewhere else but right <laughs> <laughs> but they i feel like there's like a little bit of a culture of like pride around the companies but i don't yeah. think that's always the case you know maybe you're, what your company does isn't quite as exciting as like or maybe not necessarily exciting but like as flashy or as like right sexy as a google but Right. That's okay. And right. it's okay to still be attached to a company that's not as like schnazzy. So right. I think it's just being able to um, come to terms with that. Like it's okay to be attached and it's good for you and good for the company. And why not? If you are yeah. happy where you are, why not? Don't be completely afraid to agree. be a nerd. <laughs> completely, completely agree. Uh, I absolutely agree with that. Well, thank you so much for describing all of this. I think that this has been super helpful and um, I learned a lot and I like taking that little quiz at the end. I thought that was really fun. Um, (laughs) So I hope other people, if you need to like pause it and rewind it, I hope you take the quiz and see where you sit because as we talked about before, there are so many benefits to enhancing your attachment to the organization from a health perspective. So um, it's definitely a good thing to do. Yes. Yes, I'm glad we got to talk about this. And Katina, when your article gets published on organizational-based self-esteem, we are going to discuss it because I think that's super, super relevant here. And I believe that there's a lot we can talk about there too so yeah. let's do that that'll be a future yay. episode yay love it that's now just get that me. revised katina come on <laughs> get it together <laughs> try my best i'm trying my best <laughs> that's awesome um well thank you so much we really appreciate it it's been fun uh hearing about the article well thank you and thanks everyone for listening and if you'd like to reach out to us we'd love to hear from you um, let us know your thoughts on this topic or any of the others that we have. You can find us on our website at workerbeing.com and you can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com and you can also find us on social media. So we're on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook at workerbeing. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson. 